Welcome to Rochambeau, the podcast about unique competitions, extraordinary events, and other amazing adventures. I'm Kim. And I'm Ted. Welcome back, people. Have you had a chance to enter our world's best laugh competition yet? Do you like to laugh? Do you know how to laugh? Do you have a good laugh? If you answered yes to any of those three little sentences, I think you should enter. So all you have to do is call the Rochambeau Laugh Line. That's 470-705-0372. That number again, Kim? 470-705-0372. Oh, very radio-y. Thank you. I'm very excited that we have a laugh line. Me too. I don't know why. (laughs) I just never thought in my life that I needed a laugh line, but now that I have one, I can't live without it. So when you call that laugh line, you just need to leave your name, your phone number, your email address so we can contact you and then just laugh and we'll do the rest. Yes. So what are we doing today, Kim? What do you have? You're telling me a story today, aren't you? So here's the deal. In Australia, in South Australia, actually, in an area called Pilwarren, I hope that's how you pronounce it. That's how I'm going to keep pronouncing it for this episode. Uh And apologies if that's not correct. But it's in South Australia, and it is a nude beach area. Uh Yes. So today I'm going to tell you about the Pilwarren Masloin Nude Beach Games. Wow. Yes. A lot of dangling. (laughs) Lots of tidbits, (laughs) lots of sunburns, lots of really cool people Uh who are super into body acceptance and not having their sticky, sweaty clothes stick to them because (laughs) the temperatures get up to, are you ready for this? I am ready. In this area, the temperatures get up to 48 degrees Celsius, which is... 118 degrees Fahrenheit. What? Yeah. Okay, that's really hot. I would not want anything on me. I'd want to be underwater pretty much. Oh, gosh, me too. So I got really interested in this event and I started doing some research on it and I got in touch with David Piller. Once again, if I'm mispronouncing your name, I apologize, David. But David and I could not get our schedules together to do an interview because this is super interesting to me. Guess how many hours difference there are between Atlanta, Georgia and Pilwarren, South Australia? 26. You would never guess the right number. 26 sounds impossible, Uh right? Because it's over 24. Right. I'm just getting that joke now (laughs) because I'm so obsessed (laughs) and focused on the fact that they are 15 and a half hours ahead of us how does that happen so weird a half hour wow yeah so he's a very hard-working man he does this in his spare time and we could not get our schedules together so he sounds like he just made that up to as a reason why he didn't want to talk to you i don't think so at all (laughs) because he actually suggested do you have any questions for me maybe we can just do this in writing right so you and i came up with a bunch of questions for him i sent them off he sent back the most thoughtful, wonderful answers. Oh, nice. And instead of paraphrasing it all, I want to do this with you as an interview. Oh, really? Okay, but I'm going to play David. Uh Uh-huh. Who do I play? You're going to play you. Okay. So you're asking the questions on behalf of Rochambeau, and I'm just going to read you what David wrote to us. Okay. And then if anything is confusing, you and I can suss it out together. All right. I must warn you, though, I'm not a very good me. (laughs) I once, did I tell the story before about how I auditioned for a role in a movie that was based on me? No. Yeah. Yeah, A friend of mine, Alan Wilbanks, made some great movies 
like Motorhome Massacre, like Evil Keg. Yes, and you then, have mentioned those movies right, before. Right. So in his third movie, there is a lovable doofusy guy in a corporate office <laughs> that who does was sound based like on you. <laughs> yeah, who was uh, <laughs> thank you, who was based on me, and I went to interview for the role, audition or for the role, audition, of, mm-hmm. audition for the role of myself, and I did not get it. <laughs> So that's how good of an actor I am. <laughs> so there we go. So I'm just laying that out there in case I don't do this very well. Totally cool. Okay. Well, and on my part, I know I cannot play David. Oh, do we get to hear an accent? No. And Please? so I just want to put that out there. No, oh. I would butcher it. It would be disrespectful right. to David for me to try and even imagine what Kim Drobe's doing an Australian <laughs> accent would sound like. Probably Nobody sound wants like a, to hear that. I sound like a leprechaun because that's how all bad accents sound like a leprechaun. That's okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> not even going to get into it. I don't know if you've noticed or not yet, but we include a little Easter egg at the end of each of our episodes. Usually just something stupid that happened while we were recording. <laughs> And today, you will get to hear Ted doing not only an Australian accent, but a French accent. Right. And it's and I apologize to <laughs> anybody who's offended. I'm just stupid. So yeah. let's do this interview. I okay. am David Pillar. And I am Ted Ledoux. Welcome to Rochambeau. All right, David, what is the history behind the Nude Olympics? All right. So I asked around and I have not gotten a definite answer as to when it started. Masloin Beach was Australia's first legal nude beach. It got started on the 15th of February in 1975 by an act of parliament. I'm too young to know much about the beach in 1975. I was only 11 at the time, but I've been told that the Masloin Beach Nude Olympics started soon after the beach was made legal. It was run by a naturalist club at the time. But as their membership numbers declined, the club eventually found it too difficult to continue running the event. They held their last nude games in 2007. And in 2013, my wife Debbie and I decided to start running it again with the help of volunteers. The first year we called the event the Pawarren Masloin Beach Nude Olympics, but a couple of days before the event, a lawyer representing the Australian Olympic Committee contacted us suggesting we must stop using the word Olympic. Oh. And threaten legal action if we continued to use the word. But by then it was too late to change the name. It was a couple of days before the event. So the following year, we changed the name to Games instead of Olympics. So, David... From Australia? Yes, Ted. How many people attended last year? Well, each year around 300 to 400 people usually attend. Weather plays a big part in determining the number of people who show up. This year was the busiest we've ever seen Maslin Beach for many, many years. The weather was perfect. It was about 34, 35, translate to about 95 degrees Fahrenheit, 35 degrees Celsius on that day. The beach was covered in tents and people. There was probably about 500 to 600 people this year. And none of them had clothes on. All right. Sidebar. Sidebar. Hi, Kim. Welcome back. They welcome anyone. Okay. Clothes or no clothes. But my understanding is the longer people hang out, the more comfortable they get. And a lot of people maybe who hadn't thought they would disrobe Uh end up disrobing. Oh, cool. By the way, we support nudism in every other lifestyle out there. So there you go. We just support people. Yeah. People be people. People are cool. All right. Back to me being Ted. I'm David. Hello, David. (laughs) 
<laughs> are there spectators or just competitors? There's a lot of spectators, but many choose to participate and there's no shortage of competitors. The best bum competitions attract so many participants that heats need to be run to accommodate them all. So, David, do you have to be a practicing nudist to participate? Most competitors are nudists, but I'm guessing that there's some first-timers on a nude beach or at an event like this amongst the competitors. So, David from Australia. Yes, Ted. How did you get involved? We used to go to the Olympics when it was run by the original Naturalist Club. Then after they stopped running the event, we would still go down to Masloin and spend a couple of days in the nearby caravan park along with other regulars that same time of year so we could all catch up. We heard it said so many times that everyone missed the Olympics after they had stopped. So about five years after there had been no Olympics, we offered to take on the task of organizing and running the event. Running an event is a big deal, David. Did you have any experience running events before this? No experience running events, but we've been running Pilwaran for 19 years, so we know a lot of nudists, and they were all willing to volunteer and help on the day of. Pilwaran is a 75-acre property on the River Murray, two hours' drive away from Masloin Beach. Pilwaran is Debbie, my wife, and myself. It's our home. We live here. It has rooms, cabins, powered sites for rents, caravans available for nudists to enjoy. Pilwaran overlooks the River Murray and has lots of wildlife and great scenery, and it's fully equipped with lots of facilities. Can I break in here yes. as Kim drops for a second? Hi, Kim. Hi. So after he had written that, he also suggested that we look at his webpage, which I did. And oh my gosh, there's pictures on the webpage of all of the wildlife uh -huh. that you can see in that area. Uh -huh. And it's amazing. Oh, yeah? Well, being Australia, I imagine it's snakes and alligators and dragons. Might not be better than dragons, but of course, there's kangaroos. Okay. There are kookaburras. Oh. There are butcher birds. <laughs> butcher birds. They sound nice. Don't they know? <laughs> <laughs> there are boo book owls, which, by the way, look stunning. There's pelicans. There's kingfisher birds. Wow, it's a pretty wild place. And then my favorite, there's southern hairy-nosed wombats. <laughs> so cute. When I got to go to Australia a few years ago with my partner, Sean, and some friends, we saw a wombat before we knew what a wombat was. Uh -huh. So we were all just like, look, look, it's, look at that. It's a, uh, <laughs> what, what is it? What is it? And man, wombats are cool. What does it look like? They kind of look like if a hamster got in a giant growing machine and magically <laughs> ah. became the size of a small dog. Okay. I think. Sure. I obviously did not use this as an educational trip and learn anything. <laughs> right. But yeah, I think that's basically how I would describe a wombat. Moving on. Okay, let's get back to the competition, David. All right. David is ready. David, do you compete or just coordinate? We just organize the event. We do not compete. We're way too busy running it to compete. It's a big day and a big task to organize prior to the event. Aha. Uh -huh. What are some of the categories of the competition? Well, this year we had a Frisbee distance throwing competition, a Frisbee accuracy competition. We did a tissue box competition. Holding my questions. We did a sack race. We did a three-legged race. 
We did raw egg throwing, donut eating, and then of course, all the different best bum competitions. And lastly, the grand finale, the big old tug of war. All right. All right, Kim, come back to me here. All right. I have questions. (laughs) I might have answers. Okay. So tissue box competition. Oh yeah. I got answers for this one. All right. All right. So they strap a rectangular empty tissue box on their backside and then somebody else has to pitch ping pong balls into the opening of the tissue box. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that should be a part of anybody's field day activities, but you know, when you're, when you're naked, it's even better. You have a tissue box on your back and people are pitching balls into their tissue box. Guys, there is a link on RoshambeauPodcast.com to Pilwarin's website. And if you so desire, you can go look at pictures from this past year's event. I think we should do that as a team building event at the corporate offices of Rochambeau.com. The tissue box Rochambeau competition? Pod, yes. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right. Now... Is the sack race what I think it is? Yes. The sack race is a classic field day, getting a potato, whatever sack, and jump around. That's not what I thought it was. (laughs) No. Zing. Well, thanks for the information, Kim. Now back to David. Yes. David David, is ready. David, what are the prizes? There's various prizes for different events. There's free stay vouchers to use at Pilwarin. There are subscriptions to nudist magazines there's boxes of chocolate there's champagnes for the adults lollies for the children gift vouchers etc nice david how do you choose your judges for most events we have volunteers judging the winners but for the best bum competition we have to have a raffle to choose the judges Ah. and the winner of the raffle gets to judge the best bum competition i think the best bum is a big part of this it's a huge part. According to the schedule, they have 18 to 34 and then 35 and over. I think you could break that up a little more. You can yeah. have like 60 and over. Anyways, David, yes. are, there, are there any common injuries? We don't really see injuries much, but there's probably a few sore muscles and strains. Maybe a bruise or two. All right. And the sack race. <laughs> oh, I tickle myself. Um, David? What type of competitors succeed most? What are the characteristics of a champion? Each event is entirely different and requires different skills. Obviously, the more active events require fitness, such as the baton races. This is a great fitness test. Someone with a big mouth, though, might do really well with the donut eating Uh competition. And, well, Frisbee requires a bit of skill, too. And when people are paired in events, there's a lot of coordination that needs to happen between competitors. All right. Is there anything a competitor can do to gain an edge? Not really. We encourage people to play fair not to take it too seriously just join in for the fun and the people all right david what's your favorite event i enjoy watching the donut eating competition and seeing everyone get the sugary coating all over their face while trying to eat a donut hanging from a string with no hands allowed ah another good idea for our team building competition so david How about some background on people who choose a nudist lifestyle? Any general thoughts about being nude and why? Ask 10 nudists and you'll most likely get 10 different answers. Okay. Firstly, (laughs) it's the most comfortable way to live, especially when it's really hot. 
It's not nice when it gets over 40 degrees Celsius. Clothes are sticking to sweaty bodies. It's just much more comfortable with no clothes. It's reached as high as 48 degrees Celsius here at Pilwarren, and it frequently gets over 40 in the summer. Nudists are generally very accepting and very friendly social people. The nudist lifestyle is about accepting people for the person they are, not the way they look. Remove the clothes and the barriers are removed about the way the clothes make a person look. It also helps promote positive body acceptance, giving confidence regardless of body type, shape, or size. Anything else you'd like to add, David? The games attract people from all over South Australia, and many visitors from other states travel to South Australia just to go to the games. We also often get visitors coming to South Australia just to go to the games. I recently received a message from a person in Canada who is saving money just so he can travel to Australia and go to the games next year. That's awesome. Go Canada. Thanks for your interest, Ted. You're welcome, David. David and Debbie Pillar, you guys are awesome. This is Kim here. Oh, hi, Kim. Hi. I'm so grateful that you took the time to answer our questions and write us back such thoughtful answers. And we wish both of you guys the best success at next year's 2020 Games. Ted, by the way, this happens each year in January. Uh Uh-huh. Awesome. It does sound like a lot of fun. It really does. And I can't wait to show you more pictures on the website because it is also pretty ridiculous. Right. (laughs) As any field day is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. A little more ridiculous without clothes. Field day was the best in school. That was the best day in the world. But this is even better. So what do you think? Did I bring a good story to the table? You did. That was a great one. It was unexpected. And you had no idea that I was going to transform... Into David. Into David. No, you did a good good David, as far as I know. As far as anybody knows. Maybe Probably he not does like... sound exactly like me. <laughs> he could. <laughs> Who could say? Well, guys. Well, that was the Nude Games. The Masloin Beach Nude Games. Kim, why don't you kick us off with the calendar? All right. So coming up this weekend, it's actually an event that we talked about back in episode number 23. And which weekend is this? This is this coming weekend, which is April 27th, is the Saturday. And on April 27th, if you are in Japan or near Japan, you can go to the Crying Baby Festival. Uh That happens at the Sensoji Temple. And please, we encourage you to go back and listen to number 23 to learn all about it. It might be right up your alley. It's an amazing (laughs) event that is supposed to bring health to little babies, but also includes them crying competitively. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say about that. (laughs) What do you got? I have the Texas Sand Fest. What does that mean? It's a popular family event that offers attendees a weekend of fun on the beach while viewing magnificent works of sand art. Also, there's jewelry, fun and games, drinks. Uh, Let's talk about the sand art. What should I expect? Sand sculptures. Like how big? Like big ones. Yeah. Yeah, there's an amateur division. There's semi-pro and pro. So it's invitational for the pro. So the best sand sculptures around. That's awesome. And where is it again? Port Aransas, Texas, which is on the Gulf. Down there by Corpus Christi, kind of. Yeah. That sounds killer. Yeah. If you have an event in your hometown that you want to get included on the calendar or at least want us to know about, please reach out, Podcast at gmail.com. Or on our Facebook or our Instagram or whatever. Just get to us. Because the world is a big, beautiful, and sometimes strange place. And we want to go see it. And you should too. Absolutely. Till next time, people. Goodbye.
Well, I have a great Australian accent. You do? Yeah. Let me hear it. Hello, I am from Australia. <laughs> that is not an Australian accent. It's Well, it's definitely not my French one, which is, Hello, I am from France. <laughs> it's the same. No, I said I'm from France. Therefore, it's French. <laughs>